Welcome to another edition of Flex Coaches Inside the Game. We are joined by a man who comes from hockey royalty. His family's history goes back over 100 years in the game of hockey. He's won national championships in college, numerous Stanley Cup, and was part of the miracle at Lake Placid in 1980. We welcome Craig Patrick to the program. Thanks, Chris. It's good to be here. Thanks very much. Um, I want to get back. Your family is hockey royalty, as I said in your intro. Uh, you know, your dad, your grandfather, your uncles. Um, how much did you know about that when you were growing up as a young kid? Uh, I, I knew about it. We, we spent a lot of, when I was growing up, my dad was the general manager of the Bruins and my uncle was general manager of the Rangers. So uh, our families spent a lot of time together and that's all we talked about from a, from a young, <laughs> young age. Any pressure for you to get into the game or you just, it was like dad kept it fun. He just didn't want to say, you know, oh, you have to do this or, you know, just let's have some fun with this. It was it was just the opposite. They they my mom and my dad pushed me away from hockey. I was pushed, just this didn't want me. To, they didn't want me to be in hockey. They just didn't think that was the the, the route to go for me. But yeah, you, you, followed, know, you went to the family business, so there's nothing you could do. Um, right. Just beginnings. Was it fun for you as a kid, just playing, just go out with your buddies, have a good time in Boston? Absolutely. It was the, a lot of outdoor skating in Boston. It was colder back then than it is these days, but. We could skate outdoors almost all winter long, and uh, we had lots of lakes and ponds to skate on. So it was, it was, it was great. When did you start to notice, as a young man, that your skills were a little bit better than everybody else, and um, you know, it, it just seemed like it was, uh, you know, a lot of fun for you. It was always a lot of fun for me. I I don't know that I ever noticed that my skills got better than anybody else's. <laughs> But I just I just had a passion for the game from uh, from an early early age, and uh, I mean I, I can go back to six years old and say I knew what I wanted to be when I was six years old, and um, I'm still doing it, so I'm, I'm pretty pretty fortunate. At 14, you leave home, and you head to Quebec to play hockey. Why was that the right choice for you at that age? What was the the reason behind that? It was just um, rather a coincidence. Uh, I. The Canadians were playing in Boston on a Saturday afternoon when I was 13, and we we had the you know teenage kids, and I was part of it playing between periods. And Frank Selke Jr. saw me skating and said, went to my dad and said, "Hey, if your kid ever wants to be a hockey player, we'll bring him to Montreal." And my dad made the mistake of telling me, so <laughs> so the next fall I was gone to Montreal, and it was just and at it was 1960, so I was during that same time period. I was watching the U.S. team beat win the gold medal in 1916 in uh, uh, the Squaw Valley. Yep. Yeah, and uh, it got me more pumped about hockey. And then this opportunity came up, and I said, "Okay, I'm gone. I'm going I'm to be a hockey player." So I, I left home at 14 to to live in Montreal and go to school and play hockey. Was it a big adjustment for you? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I, I think after my dad told me it was uh, it was an opportunity or, or was it was suggested, um, and I decided to go. I think my mother kind of tried to pull the reins in a little bit on my on my dad, and uh, they they put me in a uh, a home with uh, with a family, a French family, and I didn't speak any French. And, <laughs> And uh, and then we we went down after they showed me where I was going to be living it was a, up in the third floor of a 
the, the tenement type thing. And uh, we went back down the street and Frank Selke Jr. said to my dad, uh, this is where he's gonna be living and we'll give him, we'll give him $60 a, a week for bus fare. And my dad said, oh, no, 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 35 big plenty. And I, <laughs> looking back at him thinking, picking up, yeah, he, he, he's, he's getting pressure to get me to come home. So. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't work out. How did that development though? As a young man, you know, 14, most kids are not going away from home to play a sport. And you're 14 years of age. You're going to live on your, basically with a family, but you're going to be on your own at 14. How did that help in your development maturity-wise and just overall in general with you? It helped me a lot. I mean, definitely, because you grow up fast. And uh, I, I lasted two months with a French family and found my own family to live with. They had three sons, so and they played hockey and and they took me in and I got permission from the Canadians to do that. So that that helped me through that little stage. But um, it, it it definitely matured me rather quickly, definitely. So you're up there in Canada. How do you wind up going to the University of Denver? How was that process? I mean, you're here you are, you've, you're living the dream most American young men would love to do. You know, your father, uh, you know, had the right connections to get you there. But why did you decide, you know what, I don't want to go to the AHL, or I don't want to go to the NHL right now. I think college is the route for me. Yeah, that's not how it went down at all. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Enlighten me then. I just. Yeah. I, I, I was playing for Scotty Bowman with the junior Canadians. And okay. he was intending to make me a defenseman. But I didn't, that didn't bother me that much. Um, but in the summer, before going back to Montreal, I, uh, we visited my uncle in New York. Uh, actually, my parents were moving to California, so we stopped in Connecticut on the way. And we, I told my uncle, yeah, I'm, I'm going to turn pro this, after this year. He said, no, you're not. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're going to college. So I said, oh, okay. <laughs> he, my, by the way, my uncle was heavyweight champion of Canada when he was, when he was 19 years old. So I listened to most everything he said and didn't argue. <laughs> but no. So we go out to California, and he, he made a call that afternoon when we were, we're in Connecticut. He called Murray Armstrong, who he was a teammate of in, uh, in, with the Rangers farm team way back, the New York Rovers, way back when. And Murray was a coach, and he said, I got a kid here that can kind of play hockey, and he'd like to go to college. So Murray helped me, out, helped me through the routine. of I eventually got into school in January. And I wasn't on scholarship, but I earned a scholarship and, and uh, for my last three years. So it was, it, was, it was truly the best thing that ever happened for me in my life. Best, best decision my uncle made for me. <laughs> well, you're not going to argue with the guy who's a heavyweight champ at 19. So you're going to college. <laughs> you're going to college. That's great. Um, the college experience, different than what you were used to in Canada? Um, fortunately, I, I, my skills had developed enough. You know, playing, going to training camp, chasing Ivan Cornway around and all that, it, it it helps you develop your your skill level and your skating level. And when I got to Denver, I was I was probably one of the better players there, especially in the freshman class. And we had some really good players, but uh, it, it really helped that I had that background to step into that that, that program that they had out there. 
how'd you handle the classes and all that? Was that, was that difficult for you too? I mean, back then, or was it kind of like, you know, you went to class and you went to hockey, but you know, was it different for you in that regard? No, because uh, I'd been going to school all along. So it was just like an extension of high school, but um, college is definitely a little harder, but if you focus, you can get through it. And, uh, and we, we practiced four and a half hours a day at a high altitude. So we we're in incredibly oh, great good shape. shape. Yeah, yeah, incredibly good shape. And, uh, but the schooling was fine. I, 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 I wasn't an A student, but I, I stayed <laughs> eligible for sure. <laughs> yes, I went to Northeastern, so I know what you went through. Um, <laughs> you win back-to-back championships at Denver. How, how did that set you up? And what did that teach you about winning? You know, your, your, your family had won the Stanley Cup, but you hadn't won anything. Now you win these two national championships at Denver. How did that lay the groundwork for you to understand what it took to be a champion? Well, um, we did win. I did win some championships in Montreal in high school. So we won two city championships there. So then going to Denver, we won two national championships. But what I learned most out of all that was um, we, weren't, we weren't necessarily the most talented team in the country but we were the best conditioned team in the country. And that made me realize that if I had any kind of chance, I had to be in great shape going forward. Uh, so it was, it was very important that I learned that lesson at that time. How did the NHL enter the picture for you at the University of Denver? Because that, back then, very few guys ever come out of, of college to go to the pros. Yeah. You know, it was almost I, like an afterthought. Um, what well, was on the fourth front of my mind and, and a lot of my teammates too because a bunch of the te- my teammates turned pro um Keith Magnuson was one uh Cliff Coral was one uh and we had others Jim Wisty I, I can go there's about five or six guys that were turned mm-hmm. pro I couldn't turn pro because uh when I got out of college because uh, I was U.S. and I had to go through the uh military program uh, it, there was a lottery back then and yep. my number my number wasn't conducive to avoiding it <laughs> so I, mean, I was in, I went in the army for two years of active duty, but USA Hockey was aware that I was going to do that, and they made an arrangement where I went through basic training, and then I was assigned to West Point as assistant hockey coach. But that enabled me to continue playing hockey while I was in the army. So I played on a few teams around the area. I played for the Syracuse Stars, that were in a Canadian league, and uh, I played for a team called New York St. Nick's. We played college teams. Uh, so I kept active playing, and I played in the U.S. national team both years. Well, the first year, we I played all these other teams, but then got brought to the World Championships in, in uh, Bucharest, Romania. And then the next year, they put a team together. Out, put, the U.S. team brought a bunch of their top players to play on the U.S. team for the 72, 71 championships, and we were based in uh, Minneapolis. So the whole team was there training and playing games. And so it was, I I didn't miss a beat playing hockey. Then when I got out of the army, um, my rights belonged to Montreal because I grew up in the old, it was before the draft, the NHL draft started when I was, when I was a youth. And so I was just belonged to Montreal. They signed you to C C form or whatever. And you just, you belong to them forever. But, um, the California Seals made a deal with uh, the Canadians that if if I went to the Seals camp and made it, I, I they would sell me. They sold. They had a figure, I don't, probably twenty cents or whatever. But 
and went to, uh, I made the I made the seals. And my other option was going to be if I didn't make the seals, I was going to play on the U.S. Olympic team in '72 because they wanted me to be one of their captains. Um, and I made the seals, so I made a jump into pro at that time. How was the leap? I mean, you had all this experience. You kind of knew what it was about. But, I mean, these are the pinnacle. These are the guys at the top. You know, there's very few people who ever get to lace them up in the NHL. Um, was it a tough adjustment? I mean, you know, now everyone's good. I mean, you know, I always say the pyramid shrinks when you get up there at that level. And these are the best of the best. And you're in that category. Um, was it a hard adjustment for you? No. Uh, again, conditioning i was i was probably the best conditioned guy when i went to the california seals that year that's the only reason i probably made it because i was i did stand out uh, not because of talent just because i was in that great shape great shape yeah and and not many players back then got in that kind of shape so that's how i got my foot in the door and and as i was in got, after i got my foot in the door i realized i'm you know i'm I was playing on top lines, but I shouldn't have been. I should have been a third line guy. Um, and that helped me understand later in life what, what, how to build a team. Because if the guy's like me, he's going to be playing on a third line, not on a top two line. So, just, uh, anyway, that's how, that's how I got going in pro. And it was, Did it you was, ever feel it, pressure? Did you ever feel pressure from other when you were coach when you're coached by guys in the NHL? Did they say, "Well, you know, your your family, you know, lineage here is is so strong. You should be able to do this. You should be able to do that." Did, they, did anybody ever single you out for that when you were playing? Any coaches no. ever come to you? And no, they just kind of let you. They, they kind of knew your history, and I, I don't know. I you know I wasn't inside their heads, but um, I, I never had issues with coaches. I was. I mean, I just tried, I worked hard and I was in good shape, so. Um, yeah, they never came to you and said, hey, you know, Craig, come on, you know, like your father did this or your grandfather did that, or they never did those comparisons to you, which is probably nice because I know a lot of guys would not like that to have somebody making comparisons like that. Yeah, I don't recall that ever happening. So family history, your family been involved in the game for over 100 years. Was it like getting an MBA with your with your grandfather and your dad around, you know, talking hockey all the time? Oh, definitely. I mean, they, I mean, they ran teams for years. Uh, uh, so that and that's all they talked about was hockey. So you just sit there and listen. You learn, and uh, I, had, I had great schooling that way for sure. <laughs> so everyone in New York is is always been about you know 1940 then 1994. Um, your grandfather and your father win the Stanley Cup in 1940. Um, you talk to them about the special what that meant to them to win that Stanley Cup. Uh, you know together. You know was it was a special thing for them. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, um, I don't, I never delved into their lives really. I mean, they, they, they talk a lot. I listened a lot. Um, they were very proud of what they did, not only winning the cup, but, but their whole lives, they were athletes. I mean, they were played, my dad actually held, held a, a record for the longest reception in Canadian football league for, he played for Winnipeg at one point. And and they, they did six day bike riding. They they played for they won the Canadian national championship in basketball out of Victoria, uh, and they played represented Canada playing rugby. So they just they were just athletes, and that's what they talked about most of the time. Just not, not specifically hockey all the time, but they talked about their endeavors. 
Because you, you know, I, when I did some of the research on your family, the one thing that amazed me was they they formed the the Pacific Coast Hockey Association. There's 22 rules in the rule book today that they made happen for the NHL. I mean, that influence has got to be incredible when you look back on that with them. I mean, just not only all the other exploits, but just their 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 fingerprints uh, on the game of hockey is amazing. It it is. It's um it's it's humbling for sure to to realize what what they contributed to the game of hockey, uh, not only as players, but as you said, uh, builders. And, and they, they did a lot of things out of the Pacific Coast Hockey League that was adopted by the NHL later. So it was, I mean, when they played, you couldn't pass the puck forward. You had to skate it forward and pass it back. And, and, and they changed all that. They, they allowed the goalies to leave their feet to make saves. I mean, they just, they just changed so many things that uh, are unique in our game today. You win the Lester Patrick Award in 1999-2000. What did that mean to you? Winning an award that's named for, you know, your grandfather. I mean, it's got to be like kind of humbling, but exciting at the same time. Yeah, it's it's definitely humbling. Uh, exciting. You, you, and you hit it on the head. Um, you know, growing up, I knew what I wanted to be, but I, I didn't anticipate I was going to be being have been successful as I've been, and 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 being lauded for things that uh, I just don't I like. Well, really, <laughs> <laughs> that was segment one here with Craig Patrick on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach. Stay tuned for segment two.